I got a message for your American buddy. I'm your wife, damn it! Ah, would have to go up to the wives in the library or the supermarket and say hello. I am new here. I know, George, you think I don't know anything, but I know people. I get 18 years of my life to stand in the same spot as you. You want your file? I found you your file. You want it out? I got you out. You needed money? I found you some. Now, let's face it here. I've got to, you know, latch on to something in my life. Oh, yeah, you blind. No use to try to sweet talk me, Miss Scarlett. I know you ever since I put the first pair of diapers on you. Who was going to love me? Who, who was going to make me feel good? I wish I had a mother like me instead of nice. Nice gets you shit. I got a two-inch thick solo in steak. Sit and defrost and wait this minute. When you and Guy come over and supple with us tonight, what do you say? Hello and welcome to another episode of The Best Supporting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to celebrating and dissecting the performances of our favorite Best Supporting Actresses. My name is Nick Achanov, and I'll play the victim. And my name is Colin Trucker, and sorry, Debbie, no Mercedes this year. We need to set an example. (laughs) Tote bag. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are bountiful quotes like in this movie too that are just so great yeah and i'm excited to talk about it yeah i uh of course for anyone who didn't read the title of the episode we're of course talking about uh adam's family values and in particular though she's not alone joan cusack as the iconic debbie jelinski Ugh, and what a name, I know. Debbie Jelinski. Like, whoever came up with that. Oh, I mean, yeah. chef's kiss, really. Chef's kiss. Because Debbie Jelinski, of course, to me, is like the mom of a kid in my class in sixth grade. You know, like, if I didn't see this character and someone said, when you picture Debbie Jelinski, what do you see? I see like a floral sweatshirt, a pair of mom jeans, some Reeboks. Uh, and so yeah. I love that that name is attached to this kind of like satirical bombshell type, you know? Yeah, Miss Jelinski, I have a question. It's mm-hmm. just like a uh, perfect kid, like second grade teacher yes. name yeah. demographic. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, um, I do love though. Uh, I don't. Are you? I don't think we ever had this talk. Are you? I I think the answer is no. Are you into Harry Potter? Have you watched the movies? Have you read the book? I think I've seen one of the movies, and I've never read any of the books uh, or gone beyond that one movie. Uh, so, I mean, I was like, I'm, I'm not going to get into the J.K. Rowling territory, so I'll just say, no, oh, yeah, no sure. I am not currently. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I think I want to bring this. I can't believe. Oh, gosh, I can't believe I blanked on her. But now I have it. Um, Imelda Staunton plays a character in the fifth book um, named Dolores Umbridge, who is like very like pink and like prim and proper. Mm-hmm. But she's also sort of the most evil person in the franchise, like next to Voldemort. Right. Um, but in ways there are hints of, um, or like, I mean, obviously uh, Debbie Jelinski came before uh, Dolores Umbridge, but like, I do like that. Like, what we were saying before that Debbie Jelinski is kind of wrapped up in this, like, I don't know, blonde bombshell slash like serial killer. Um, but she, she puts on this like drag of being more, I don't know, because she's not a nanny. There's no yeah. way that I would look at this woman and be like, oh, yeah, she's a nanny, even from her first entrance. But I'm, I'm kind of getting a little bit ahead of myself. But um, I, don't, I don't know where you want to start with, with Miss Jelinski. Yeah, with Debbie Jelinski, uh, as played by uh, alum of the podcast, Joan Cusack, uh, who yes. we talked about previously on, I think, just Working Girl. I think that's the only time she's come up. Uh, I think so too, yeah. But you know, I gotta say, I I am in the market for some more Joan Cusack. You know, I yes, I think she was actually nominated for an Oscar for In and Out. If I'm, she was, yeah. yeah. So like, for Best Supporting Actress. So I mean, there's a there's a world where we talk about Joan Cusack again in In and Out, which I think would be a journey. Yeah. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. I've never seen it. That's oh, wow. Anyone, though. Yeah, wow. I know. I know. Oh, I saw it like in the theater with my mom. I feel like it was like me. It was like my mom and her friend and probably like then me and her friend's kid or some combination like that. But yeah, I was old enough to be like, oh, God, I can't laugh at any of the jokes because if I laugh at any of these jokes, it's going to give away uh that i'm gay so <laughs> sure um, i feel like i'd be a wreck yeah yeah it was uh in and out was actually an incredibly tense experience <laughs> um but i can look back and laugh um now i 
this I don't know if this would come to, to any surprise, but I have actually never seen the original Adams Family movie. I've only seen I'd only watched Adams Family Values a few years ago for an All Right Mary episode, and that was the first time I ever watched it. So, oh really? Okay, awesome. So this was not. I'm assuming this was like part of your childhood. Yeah, there was this thing, and I don't know, like, if any of our listeners, like, knows what this deal was called, but they used to sell VHS tapes at McDonald's. Do you remember this? Oh, but they were, like, expensive, right? Or or maybe... They were. Yeah. but I mean, more than they'd be now, but yeah. I guess so. I mean, I was... I want to say that I didn't, like, beg my parents for it because I didn't really know what this movie was. Mm. I mean, I knew what the first one was, I, I but I remember... I'm pretty sure that we got Adam's Family, Adam's Family Values, and then Wayne's World and Wayne's World 2. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but, like, from McDonald's. Or maybe they're not from McDonald's, and we just got, like, one of these movies from McDonald's. But in my, my mind, you know, revisionist history here is, like, we got them all from McDonald's. Yeah. So I... I don't know. One of those stories is true, but um, maybe so it was a those... blockbuster video with French fries. I don't know. <laughs> Memory's a tricky thing. <laughs> I know, um, but but those four movies are like all in like this sort of like bubble for me, which is mm. uh, Wayne's World is such a, a different beast too. But there's some good moments in there. I I like the Wayne's World movies, um, and they're totally ridiculous too. Yeah, I guess I could see how there's uh, there's a correlation between Adam's Family and Wayne's World because it's kind of like there's there's kind of the the surface level like kind of slapstick humor of it all but then underneath there is kind of a commentary in both of them there is kind of a smarter point of view that they're trying to say with these ridiculous characters so there's a through line i'm trying to think about why mcdonald's did this and i think i understand <laughs> yeah i guess that's <laughs> like it we matters. cracked the code <laughs> yeah we cracked yeah i think we can wrap it up here folks yeah <laughs> Um, uh, so yeah, I we my brother and I used to watch these movies like uh, a lot. We used to watch them a lot, a lot, and I not to the point of like Clue or anything else like that too. But mm-hmm. I, I'm very well versed in this movie, and it's. But with that, all that being said, it's been a while since I revisited them, so I did not go back and watch the first one. But the first one is good. I'd say this one is better, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this it's uh, you certainly for anyone who is in a similar boat as me, you don't need to see the first one to get the second one. Uh, That's true. Yes. Uh, earlier today, I listened, I re-listened to that All Right, Mary episode that we did at like the end of 2017. So this is like a gazillion years ago. Um, oh, wow. This was like not early days of All Right, Mary, but like, you know, uh, a, a year and a half in. And uh, without being too narcissistic this isn't narcissistic because i'm criticizing it but uh at least i don't (laughs) think it's narcissistic but whatever uh i you know it was like i wanted to listen to it because i was like oh let me just kind of like you know get a recap of of what i thought the first time uh and see if it reminds me of anything i want to bring up on this episode and like my biggest takeaway was like oh this was that era of All Right, Mary, where we took things sometimes a little too seriously. Um, <laughs> and like, I think it's gotten looser and goosier over the years. And I like that. But I was like, OK, it, we, it, this isn't like, you know, uh, this isn't the fountainhead, you know, like we don't have to read sure. so many like cultural details into this. But uh, <laughs> so that was my biggest takeaway was like, oh, yeah, I, I'm glad we don't do that anymore. But anyway, the other reason I bring that up is because uh I brought up there was some you know, I brought up Squirrel Friends and I there was something we had oh, said that made nice. me think of Squirrel Friends and it was and I don't think I don't know if this will ring a bell, but I think you guys were doing season five and it was the perfume challenge. And okay. Amanda had asked you if you had to design your own perfume, like what would it be? And you were like <laughs> yes. scrambling to come up with an answer for like five it minutes. Threw me off yeah. Guard. And finally you're like, I don't know, Amanda, I had no time to prepare. I have no idea what it would be. What what would you do? And she just paused for a second and goes lavender and i don't know why that was just so <laughs> funny to me after you like trying to like nail down what the scent would be she was just like lavender and it was yeah <laughs> oh i do i totally remember that oh it was sure. such a funny moment um so anyway uh that was the time capsule that i took this afternoon um which is about as far back as i go with adam's family values because i have no childhood experience i have no mcdonald's vhs tapes uh I do love yeah. the kind of early 90s, mid 90s vibe of like McDonald's in a VHS on a Friday night or Pizza Hut in yeah. a VHS. Like I love the warm yes. coziness of that. 
Ooh, that sounds so good right now. Right? I wanted to mention, um, even though um, we're not going to talk too much about the first movie, there is like a pretty good BSA performance from an actress called Elizabeth Wilson. Um, oh, okay. She plays like the whole plot of the first time. It's like they always have to do, every plot has to do with like Uncle Fester and like what he gets himself like. Who Christopher Lloyd, side note, oh. is so great as Uncle Fester. The choices he he is committed with a capital C. Oh, I have lots to, of thoughts on like, him. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I want to talk about him because the men are this cast is great. Um uh but she also, for those of you who don't know Elizabeth Wilson, she played um she played Roz in Nine to Five. She's like, do you yeah, know Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, of course. I yes, I remember looking at this IMDb profile with this picture of her with the scarf and the red jacket. Oh um, yeah, it's something. It, I love a good IMDb. Picture. Oh, yeah, man, it's, that's, it's one verse worth visiting. That's yeah. a mood. Is bad IMDb pictures. I think Celia Weston takes the cake. It's <laughs> the, the worst, worst picture of her. I was like, this woman is so gorgeous. Yeah, and this is the picture you're you've chosen. Right, it's terrible. Right. Just, How dare you, IMDb. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, I want to go look at it again. Uh, it's so bad. Yeah, I can't. It is. It's oh. so bad. Um, but she's so good. So yeah. Uh, so let's talk about this cast of Adam's Family Values. Let's. Yes. Um, there's a lot of names. I feel like we can. I mean, uh, let's just start with Angelica Houston. Uh, yeah, I think we should because she's at the top of the cast list, so it really makes sense. It's one of those performances, like throughout this movie, there's so many other flashier roles, but then by the end, I was like, "Oh God, Morticia, work!" You know what I mean? Like, yes. she's a slow burn that by the end, kind of like peaks, or just like suddenly you realize, "Oh my God, she's been just killing it this whole movie." It's so good. I mean, she has the best lines. My my favorite is when she's like, "But Debbie." Oh, all that I could forgive, but Debbie, pastels. Oh, and like, oh, and then Joan Cusack, like, get out. The way she like channels like the inner Diane Weist roar. Yeah. so great. Oh, yeah. Very Joan Cusack can roar. She's pretty good on like the list there. Mm -hmm. I'd put her in the top three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would I would say that of those all those sisters, the the squinty sisters, I feel like there's I can't remember all the other ones. There was Diane Weist. (laughs) Uh, I know I'm blanking now, I know, too, but, but th- they'll come back. Yeah, Joan Cusack is in the Squinty Sisters movie. <laughs> yes, she's in. She's in. Uh, but yeah, I think Angelica Houston is so understated, and she packs a punch, and like she doesn't need to be doing... If she did any more than what... She's almost like half asleep, but not yeah. at all. Like It's just so... Uh, y- I don't know. I don't know what words to describe it besides I, I, it's just perfect. I can't imagine Morticia being played by anyone else but her. And I know obviously there had, there was the TV show and all that other stuff. And too, she was pretty um, iconic in her own right. Yeah, but I feel like it, with this performance, it's like everything, like it'll be completely not monotone, but obviously, you know, a little lifeless on purpose. But then she'll have like a smirk or like she'll raise an eyebrow. And it's just like this small gesture that all of everything hangs on that just like makes it work is because all of a sudden I think it's like you realize that, oh, this is all on purpose. Angelica Houston is doing this all on purpose. You know, she's being directed this way on purpose and she's in on it, you know. And I I love the... um... Uh, it, it sort of just harkens back to like that old Hollywood sort of thing with the light in her eyes. Uh huh. Yeah. That, and somehow mm-hmm. like it's like sometimes she steps into it and it's really kind of funny because you could see like I don't know if that's intentional, but she just like she finds her light. But the light is like just like a strip. And sometimes it's just on her when the scene starts. I, I think it's such a great touch. Yeah, they did that. So they did the same thing in Mommy Dearest with Faye Dunaway. Like every or yes. any every shot or like most shots are lit the same way. So I love that. Uh, like obviously there is you know not to be circa 2017 all right Mary but there is something so draggy about Morticia oh yes uh, yes yes and you know and I like that Angelica Houston has like such handsome woman qualities yeah she never she never goes like above her chest voice it's always just like yeah it's kind of soft it's like Angelica Houston playing a man playing Morticia Adams yeah yeah she's so beautiful yeah yeah uh uh, it's it's great. Uh, and so, as you had said, the the men in this movie are, you know, it, sometimes I don't notice the men. But in this movie, I feel like Raul Julia is, uh, it's like he's giving me all, all the same things. that I, Not all the same, but very similar things to what I'm getting from Tim Curry and Clue. 
Yes. Oh, what a great comparison, Colin. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I wish I would have thought of it. I'm like mad you thought. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I stole it from you. Um, No, I, yeah, there's just like that same, it's kind of that same thing. And I think it's funny, like Adam's Family Values and Clue, I feel like have very similar tones and like kind of tell jokes the same way and have like the slapstick veneer. But then there's like just like really quick wit that like, is delivered so deadpan that it's very easy to miss it. Yeah, and great women and great men. Oh, what mm-hmm. a great comparison. So great. It's like he's almost like Shakespearean in a way, like the the whole like monologue at the police mm-hmm. station with Nathan Lane. Oh, Nathan oh, Lane, God. yeah. Oh, yeah, there's some, some great cameos. I was going to say there's some great cameos in this. Yeah. Uh yeah, I Raul Julia, I I feel like I was I've always been aware of him because you know, my brother and I used to play like Street Fighter on like the Super Nintendo when we were kids. So of course we saw the Street Fighter movie, which was his like technically his last movie. And so for some reason, because that was something I saw as a kid, I've always been aware of the name Raul Julia. You know, whereas yeah. like now I'm like, why? Why do I know who this man is? But uh, it's mostly for Street Fighter. But uh, <laughs> that's you know. Uh, but this was his. Uh, yeah. I think his last movie that was released while he was alive, and then Street Fighter was released like three months after he died. Ugh, it's a shame. Yeah, I know. I that, really is. that one of the things I I not to quote myself, uh, awful, but I feel the same way as I did in 2017. That I feel like Raúl Julia was the kind of actor who he had been around. Like he he certainly was no you know no newbie, but I feel like he would have kind of had the same trajectory or career as like Al Pacino or Robert De Niro, where they keep acting you know well into being older men and kind of become prestige actors. I feel like he was that yeah. type, you know. He was. He was a Broadway guy, too. I think he was in the original cast of Nine on Broadway. Oh, wow. Um, he played Guido. I'm I'm pretty sure. I'm going to say yes on that. Have you seen Nine, the movie? I feel like we've talked about it before, maybe, in passing. We, but... I think we've talked about it. I have not seen it, but I, I remember. Yeah, don't see yes, it. Yes, yeah. It could be a good, like hate watch episode it's a lot <laughs> of because there are so many women a lot of it. women yeah yeah oh so many women we love too and it's um it wasn't as great as i wanted it to be but uh, fergie is the star of that show for me or star of that movie oh which is uh you know that's saying a lot a weird sentence yeah yeah i yeah. know right um, <laughs> that says a lot yeah uh anyway anyway raul julia yes raul julia great, great uh of course mentioned earlier but i'm just going down in order but uh christopher lloyd is i mean in the same way that certain roles, Debbie Jelinski perhaps just like scream, you know, best supporting actress. I feel like Uncle Fester and Christopher Lloyd is like quintessential best supporting actor in this movie. Oh man, I I I knew it, and I just kind of forgot. Like, what he's doing is so above and beyond, like the Call of Duty, uh-huh. but like in a great way. Like it is like laughable, but like I wouldn't want to see any less. Like I. I wouldn't want to see any more, but like he found that really great sweet spot of just like what a kook Uncle Fester is and just kind of like when he like sort of has those like, I just want to push his shoulders down so bad. Too. Oh, like I know. The time I'm I like, relax your shoulders, Fester. But it's it's all on purpose. And like that wig that he wears is so great. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like just the... The body language, just that, like, again, if we're going to compare to Clue, I mean, when I think of Christopher Lloyd and Clue, I think of, like, you know, tall, lanky Professor Plum. And he's, like, yeah, he's like so six funny. foot one. And so in this, I'm like, all I see is this, like, little, like, Danny DeVito type, you know? Yeah, he's, like, a little, I don't know. He's uh, a, an old, shrimp. yeah, an old turkey meatball. Yeah. <laughs> an old turkey meatball. <laughs> yeah. He is. It's so great. And just, like, he always sounds like he's, like, choking on something yeah oh he's just like always around the corner and just like what a great sort of like foil to debbie jelinski i just think that the two of them are magic together and the way that she yells at him Mm -hmm. faster Uh, the way oh she's she's a great yeller yeah i love that he's never really that upset by her you know like he's never his feelings never seem to get hurt you know there's something kind of lovable about that (laughs) i feel that there's like Almost a little bit of like, because he's watched like Morticia and Gomez like all his life, that there's, he wants to kind of create that same, because I almost called her Patricia, Morticia. (laughs) Patricia. (laughs) Vastly different. Yeah. Pat, you know. Yeah, Pat Adams. Um, They have this sort of like, you know, get the chains, get the whips, sort of like uh, sexual relationship, but Mm -hmm. they also like, 
I feel like there's also a good amount of like violence that's like welcomed with their with their relationship, mm-hmm. I guess, or their marriage. So like in a way, the fact that she is so I mean, she's tried to kill him like six times and it never works. That, that he almost it's like it's almost like a love language of the Adamses. Yeah. The Adams men. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting that like in some ways his relationship with Debbie is this extreme sadomasochistic relationship and he doesn't realize it's abusive because this is the level of sadism yeah, that they're yeah. that they have a taste for. Oh, that's now that's an all right Mary reading right there. That's a, that's know, a 2017 yeah, like... <laughs> reading. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, um, that's yeah. Um, as if that's like the gold standard. It's more of just no, no, no. I no. I'll take it. I, yeah. I, I think it's a compliment. Okay, One yeah. of my favorite lines. Speaking of like the Adamsman, um, Debbie has this line. She's like, "These Adamsmen, where do you find them?" And I swear this is Mort- uh, Morticia's fa- uh, favorite. Morticia's next line, she's like, it has to be damp. Yeah, she like, does. Is that yeah. what she says? Yeah. Damp? It has D-A-M-P? to be damp. I cackled when I heard that because yeah. it's so stupid. And re- like, what has to be damp? Like, what's is this like a sexual reference? Do you find them in a swamp? Mm-hmm. I have no idea right. what's happening. Right. But I love every... I love that I don't know what that means. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's almost like she's talking about them like they're mold or mushrooms. It's like, you know, it needs <laughs> exactly. to be a really damp environment and then it starts to I know, to, it's to, to ugh, I love that line. Yeah. Um, it has to be damp. It has to be damp. And it's like it's stuff like that where like, you know, Angelica Houston, it's like go on girl, give us nothing, you know? But she, then yes. there's just like the littlest bit of a smirk that that's I mean, yes, an eyebrow raise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Christopher Lloyd is going to a 27. I feel like Angelica Houston is going to, like, a 2.7, you know? <laughs> it's true. It's so true. But it just works. And they both work. Yeah. They both work. Even when, like, when she leaves the bomb on the table and she's about to leave and he, like, dances back into the kitchen mm-hmm. and, like, puts his hand and, like, ugh, on his, like, t- his, like twinkle toes. Twinkle yeah. Twinkle toes tw- uh, fester. It's so great. Yeah. Um, I love it. So, uh,. Someone who I yeah, someone who I keep forgetting is amazing in this movie is Christina Ricci. Oh, Colin, honestly, like Christina Ricci is peak Christina Ricci for me. Ah, uh, I mean, you know, I've made my feelings clear on child actors on this podcast. I've made my feelings clear throughout life about child actors, but she is gold standard. I mean, the I think my favorite moment. There's so many, but I feel like where I was like, wow, this is stupid good is when they come out of the like the serenity shack or whatever the cut. Yeah, yeah, and then she like forces herself to smile. And I was like, wow, that's a face journey right there. Oh, everything. It's I was just waiting for them to get to summer camp because that's really where the magic happens at yeah. least for for Wednesday specifically and i love the name Wednesday what a what an interesting name i just like think it's so perfect but pugsley is fine he was he was perfectly serviceable in both movies but like really he's just like a he's like a filler queen i don't know how oh. to like describe him he really is yeah yeah he's calorie Kardashian williams as pugsley adams yeah. yeah there's not really anything to him except like he's a cute kid who's like kind of chubby and like let's wednesday have the spotlight yeah that's all i really want yeah so i mean i feel like we almost have to talk about them as a pair but uh gary and becky martin granger played by peter mcnichol and christine baranski i mean i honestly i i I mean i remembered enjoying christine baranski in this actually both of them i feel like if i had the offer of like who would you want to play in this movie I would somehow want to be both of those characters, but if I had to choose, Becky Martin Granger, obviously. Oh, yeah, just the name alone. Yeah. I mean, Christine Baranski, I mean, again, like, why get a drag queen when you can get Christine Baranski, you know? Like, she gives you (laughs) all the same. Speaking of a handsome woman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's just, like, I feel like anytime you cast Christine Baranski in something, you're saying something. You're like, oh no, no, I did that on purpose. You know what yes. I mean? Same with Alice and Janney. It's yeah. like Christine Baranski and Alice and Janney could be. It's like someone who my mom would get. They'd get. She'd get them confused with each other. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Alison Baranski. Yeah. Yeah. Bed Bath and Beyond. Yeah. What is it? Bed Bath and Beyond, and then um, uh, Bath, and Bed Bath and Body Works. That's oh, yeah. oh, Bed Bath and Body Bed, Works. And... Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Bed Bath and Baranski. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I would go to that story. Yeah. I might be having a stroke. I don't know. Um 
that's good. Um, yeah, I I just think that these characters. I mean, I agree. Everything happening, you know, at the summer camp is really like the highlight of the movie. But I think they are like the kind of the darkest satire of the movie is actually yeah. these two people. Yes, because I love seeing really overly chipper people like crack you know what mm-hmm. i mean or just like not even like at the end when everything goes to, to shit during the play but just like how she can get i feel like we see it more with christine baranski's character when she just like yells really quick mm-hmm. at something and then she like turns back on the charm it's it's fun to watch yeah because you could kind of like you know if i'm gonna read into this you know if i'm gonna read into the grangers like Gary Granger clearly has an anger problem. He's cre- he's clearly a, a total sociopath. And I feel yeah. like Becky is like a profound codependent who is just like trying to keep his, like he'll be starting to like lose his cool. And she'll be like, I have an idea. And like, she's just all smiles. And it's like, Oh, yes. Becky, you're always just trying to smooth shit over. Aren't you? And with this, with this, like, I love the dynamic that she's so much bigger than him and like taller. Th- I just, I love that he's this, this angry little fire plug of a man and she's this kind of Amazonian, you know, sidekick who's just there to try to keep sure. him calm, you know? Yeah, it's another really, really great. There's a lot of pairs in this movie that work really well together. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really what everyone is. I mean, maybe minus like Mama, who we can talk about too, Carol Kane. Oh my God, Carol Kane. I mean, it's like on top of it all, then we get Carol Kane. Uh, I know. Just, I mean, in like, full prosthesis i mean i i i feel like carol kane they could have taken half the makeup off and it would have been just as effective i'll say that I much know, that's so like keon said something similar to that too he's like i always picture carol kane looking like that yes like yeah yeah carol kane as like the witchy grandmother it's like all right like this don't paint the peacock she's got it yeah you know? oh god yeah it's perfect but she does get to get like more crony i guess if that's mm-hmm, a word which mm-hmm. is so great and that like lisp that she has i don't know how to describe it but we both it's like this affect to her voice mm-hmm. oh yeah um, it's so great she does it so well yeah carol kane now that's someone who i'd love to like feature on an episode like what i mean i think she was nominated one of her earliest movies was called like hester street and i think she was nominated for best supporting actress for that i don't I, oh wow yeah All i'm right. well let's you know what imdb yeah she was nominated for one oscar for oh it was best actress i take it back for hester street um well maybe we could talk about her in taxi in any event i love carol kane yeah. she's someone who it you know it's kind of like uh diane weist if i see carol kane in the cast list i'm like okay well i mean i have oh, okay. i have an entry point you know yeah, she has a great IMDb picture, by the way. She, it's, okay, it's that is, like, honestly, this is a significant topic that I, I we need to pause on. <laughs> Carol Kane's IMDb picture is fabulous. Yeah, she looks great. Yeah. She's wearing these, like, uh, long, dangly earrings. She has, like, some blue eyeshadow on. Yeah. She looks, this is, like, the best I've seen her. Yeah, I know. This is the best I've seen her. <laughs> it's her IMDb photo. <laughs> oh man, uh, she's obviously great in Kimmy Schmidt too. I mean, she is oh. just like she's like the one, the one-liner queen in that show. You know, she just kind of she's very much that character. And sometimes she'll have like a featured storyline, but she kind of has the same thing going. But I'm so glad that she was in that show too. I I need to see Carol Kane working uh, more and more. And I love how in Kimmy Schmidt, she always sounds like she has a mouthful of soup. You know, like she yeah. she does those intonations where she's like, "Wah wah wah." Like it, it's sometimes yeah. it's like the line is just a straightforward line, but she just does this loop de loop with uh you know, with the tone and in, and the intonations that I it totally falls under like no one told her to do that. This is just Carol Kane doing Carol Kane. Yeah, I know this is like crossing like universes, but I would love to see her and like Tracy Jordan just go out and do something because mm-hmm. I feel like they have similar like just one liner sort of crazy things. Yeah. That they say. Oh, that's so uh, true. I would love to see them as a pair. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they each functioned in some ways in similar like she she and Kimmy Schmidt and he and 30 Rock, their characters kind of played similar frequencies. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, it's great. Well, bringing us back to uh, Adam Simley, there's a, a few other just I uh, watching this again. I found that I couldn't not name Miss uh, a young Miss Mercedes McNabb who plays Amanda Buckman. Oh, she's perfect. She is practically steals the movie. It's 
Yeah. Uh, help. I'm drowning. Uh, like what I just, I, I love that she's like, obviously a child actor, but she seems to be like in on the joke as well. Like she's, she's aware of like the, the multiple layers she's playing as this character. She's every 90s, like, blonde girl, white girl that I've ever seen. Like, and she might not be, but, like, in she is, like, what am I trying to say here? If it's not that actress specifically, I always just think it's her anyway. Because mm-hmm. she is sort of, like, this universal type of a character in, like, mid-90s, late-90s movies, too. The annoying, bratty, mm-hmm. rich girl who, like, always wins, but in the end, like, loses. And I love that. Yeah. like she, I love that narrative. She was, like, a little too young to audition for Troop Beverly Hills. And she's like, I'm... Yeah, I was just gonna say. You yeah. know? Oh, she would have been perfect. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm glad she got her moment. She is really great in this. Uh, yes. And Don Buckman, her dad, oh, who was in Drop Dead Gorgeous. Yes. Right? He was married to Kirstie Alley. Yeah, Sam McMurray. And, yeah. And I don't know the the woman who played, his, um, you know, Mrs. Ms. Buckman, Mrs. Buckman, but she's almost like a Catherine O'Hara wannabe. Yes. You know what I mean? Not wannabe, but like Keon thought it was her. He's like, is that Catherine O'Hara? And I was like, no, but... It really does look like her. Yeah, and there was someone else that I thought she was. Like, I was like, I know this woman. Like, I feel like I've seen her in other things. But then when I look at her IMDb, by the way, she has she has a pretty good picture. I mean, she's much older now, but she looks great in it. She has great lighting. Yes. Um, I feel like anytime we look someone up now in this podcast, we need to we need to acknowledge what their IMDb picture looks like. I know. Yeah, I like that. I yeah, like that game. yeah. I think you know a lot of thought, except for Celia Weston, has clearly gone into what you know what these pictures are. So we should acknowledge exactly. that. Um, but no, I've never seen this woman in anything else before. But I thought she was great. Um, and then I, I mean. I think other than that, I feel like the only other ones left are just a couple of little cameos. Yes. What great cameos. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Cynthia Nixon. I know. Was one of the like potential nannies. That came out. Of- Keanu and I both gasped. Yeah. We were like, oh, well, wow. And at that point, she had like a bit of a career. She was in some things. Like she had some decent roles. So when the first time I saw this, I thought, oh, is Cynthia Nixon like in this movie? And it was like, no, like. She's just, you know, she's one scene. And also uh, Tony Shalhoub, oh. young Tony Shalhoub, oh. Oh, looking so great in that uniform. Right, oh, I right. Tony. You know, it just made me think of there's a movie from the 90s, because when I think of Tony Shalhoub, then I think of Stanley Tucci, and I'm like, why do I think of these two men? And it's because there's this movie from 1996, yes. Big Night. Are you familiar with this? My one of my managers from Barnes and Noble would always try to convince me to watch this. She's like, "You're gonna love it." I think she gave it to me, and I watched it, and I, I liked it. But I, I, I would, I wouldn't mind going back to see it again because she had, she had like forced me to watch it by that point that I was like, I was not in the mood to like accept it into my life. But um, and I don't think it's like a masterpiece at the same time. But mm. I don't want to past judgment because i remember i was like this was fine but i love them i love both of those men don't they play like two italian brothers or something yeah yeah uh primo and secondo secundo yeah uh (laughs) so well just two more reasons to watch that movie uh there is an appearance by allison janney playing a character named Anne. so she's in the movie enough to have a name and then early in the movie playing woman in restaurant is caroline aaron Oh, great. I know. I know. Every once in a while, I click onto her IMDb profile, and she's got a great picture. Uh, she she looks like a very stern judge. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a <laughs> clip from a, from a show. I think she's playing like a lawyer. But anything she's in, I think that's actually the top of my list of, oh, if Caroline Aaron is in it, other than Marvel's Mrs. Maisel, I will watch it. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah, she's great in that. Oh, she, I see. She's like almost like a pro, the prosecution or something. Yeah, in this yeah. She's like she's cross-examining someone. I I might have mixed up the prosecution and the you know whatever the opposite of that is. Like, I don't know. Court I don't know. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, I'm uh, not a lawyer. Um, no, great, great. Yeah. So uh, all that to say, and uh, yeah, I think I mean apparently David Hyde Pierce is in this as a delivery room doctor. I did not catch that. Oh, I did not either. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, 
I wanted to also mention this is like so brief because she doesn't really have as big of a role in, in the second movie, but um, Dana Ivy, yeah, like Mrs. It, if you mm-hmm, will. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's married to cousin It, and we love Dana Ivy over here. I love her. Um, and just one small, my last thing on the list here is just um, Julie Halston, who plays Mrs. Glicker. That was gonna be my opening line, and I forgot about it. The twenty grand for summer camp, and he's Mr. Woo. Oh yeah, that's one of my favorite lines, and I was gonna say it at the beginning, and I forgot. Oh that's yeah, no. She was great, and actually, that makes me think of we had we did not talk about Joel Glicker either, played by oh yeah David Crumholtz. He's like handsome nowadays. Yeah, nowadays, I excuse me. I I love how much if you close your eyes, it sounds like Natasha Leone. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see and that. I think they were in a movie together. I think they were in Slums of Beverly Hills together, where they played siblings. Oh, so somebody figured that out. Uh, but yeah, like his first few scenes, I was like, oh yeah, I'm getting real Natasha Leone here, and I'm. I'm here all day. Yeah, not complaining. I yeah. love that. So that is, okay, I mean, that's the thing. With this movie, I feel like if you don't go through the entire cast, then, like, what, are you, what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing here? <laughs> uh, but, you know, and it's tough because I feel like Debbie Jelinski is obviously the best supporting actress of the movie, but, like, there's actually a race for assistant to the best supporting actress, I'd say, in this movie. Have we not talked about her? Or would no, you, we yeah, have. Or, I mean, I feel like okay, I, was, I don't... I was nervous. Oh, no. Okay. It's like, well, the baby who plays like, Pubert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they were twins. Um, yes. Pubert. So oh, God. I think if we consider Morticia a, a leading actress, I feel like, to me, the Allison Janney or Laurie Metcalf of 2017 of this movie is Christina Ricci or Christine Baranski for Assistant to the Best yeah. Supporting Actress. I'd say that for sure, too. I, I mean, my vote, it's like, oh, God, it's hard. I know. I think, like, Christine Baranski's role, the size of her role, is more, like, of the vein of the assistant of the Best Supporting Actress. It's tough. It's tough to kind of make those decisions. I but know. I know. I like the thought process. Yeah. Yeah. These are just hard-hitting questions. I think if there was, there's really a race <laughs> for assistant of the Best Supporting Actress, and if there were not five nominees, I would say it's Christine Baranski, uh, Christina Ricci, uh, Mercedes McNabb uh, as yes. that as a little kid, um, Carol Kane, you know, just because yeah. she's there, and who, I who would be? I the mean, fit? I would. If part of me wants to put Christopher Lloyd on that list, right? I know, oh, yeah, I, know. Like, I know. I was just thinking about him. It was like, or does he already have his spot locked in as the best supporting yeah. actor? Yeah, that's true. You know, that's true. is it Dana Ivy because she's there? You know. Yeah. Let's talk about. Uh, let's talk about Debbie. Yeah, it's like she if she wasn't like a cold blooded killer, I feel like she'd fit quite well within the Adams family, if that makes any sense. Like, I feel like I mean, obviously, her motivations are just to, like, infiltrate the the family, marry Uncle Fester and then kill him and get out, too. But like Mm -hmm. you would you do believe her. You do believe like that. I I mean, and then until it's like revealed as she's eating like chocolates in bed. I love like that sort of like hard copy sort of uh, TV show that they're watching Mm -hmm. that reveals who she really is. I agree. That was one of the things I I also took away from this was like, you know, Debbie would actually fit in really well with these people because they not to jump to the confession scene, but like they're all very impressed with her murders and like they're all, no one is shocked by what she did. They're like, oh wow, you used an ax. Oh, that's great. Oh, like there's nobody who's really questioning her motives or questioning her logic. There's that one great moment like at the end. First of all, when um, Carol Kane's, she's like, an ax, that takes me back. Yeah. The way that she's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that is so great. Oh. And at the end of like her monologue too, that, um, uh, Angelica Houston is like crying at the end of her monologue. It's like mm-hmm. it's like she she kind of gets it. She kind of sympathizes with her a little bit too. It's like what about Debbie? Yeah. Um, that it just it just works. I think too. And like I think that they could she could have been like a really great friend of the family mm-hmm. if she wanted to be. Yeah. Or not marrying Fester, but um, but she obviously that is what she is there to do. Yeah. And it happens pretty quickly. The whole movie itself, it's like a cool hour and a half. I love those types of movies that just like there's not really a bump on the road. It's like let's get down the brass tacks and it just goes. Yeah, and it's it there's no like central plot point. I kind of feel like we're just there's like three different plots going on. I feel like the baby is born and then Debbie enters and then the kids go to camp. There was something very episodic about this where it was like, oh this is kind of like 
half a season of a TV show going on in this movie. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's 90 minutes, uh, which is how long a movie should be. There's a lot of great Debbie in this movie, but I feel like we got to just, we got to go to really the reason why we're here, the reason why she won it, won it the reason why she has an episode. Joan Cusack is really good in this movie. And then we get to her like final monologue and it's like, oh my God. I yeah. I understand now. I understand why so many gays our age are obsessed with Debbie Jelinski. Yeah, she's an icon. Yeah, she really. Is. It's a great like. It's a great drag sort of monologue, spoken mm-hmm. word. I feel like Jinx Monsoon has done it, or like at least knows it. I feel like. Yeah, would be, I would love to see her do it. Yeah, I think um, this era of, live even. Oh, yeah. oh, I was gonna say yeah. This era of quarantine content. It's like okay, I'll watch Jinx Monsoon do it on her webcam. But I would love to see somebody perform this live. Absolutely. Um, yes. 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 And it's you know this moment. Like this set piece of, I mean, we've seen this before with the with the villain kind of explaining, you know, why they did everything and you know all of their backstory in one pronounced monologue. And I think what's really smart about this movie is that instead of trying to reinvent that wheel, they kind of lean in by have by by out of nowhere giving her a projector and having these like, like, so she so her parent so she took a picture of her swinging an axe at her first husband. You know what I mean? Like we start trying to, don't try to play the logic game. Yeah. Yeah. This would never happen, but it's, uh, it's great to have those, uh, those PowerPoint slides at ready. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this monologue. The next step is just like to start quoting. Exactly. It's just like, it's like, and without, without doing that, um, I just think it's like, I want to go back just like a second, just right before this happens, because it's one of my favorite moments when, first of all, the house blows up, Fester, I mean, her practicing crying in the car. Mm -hmm. I feel like we have to go back to that steering wheel act. Oh, yes. It's, it's, I, that sort of, that meme or like that clip rather came out again when, um, <laughs> I saw it on Instagram when like Trump got COVID. Mm-hmm. It was like me after reali- or finding out that Trump got COVID and it was like her doing this mm-hmm. sort of la- tears into laughter moment too. But it's such, it's perfect that how she gets that deep, like, ha, 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 ha. It's, it, you don't know where it ends from, like where the laughing, laughter ends and the crying begins, or maybe the crying ends and the laughter begins. Oh, I agree. That was my first thought watching that. I was like, oh, this is steering wheel acting. Like, this is great. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's like the best kind. Uh, my husband was in that house. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah, help somebody help yeah yes <laughs> and then she gets out and pulls out the biggest gun i've ever seen in the world oh yeah I don't know. yeah is that real is that a th- is our gun uh, can pistols get that big i have no idea but it's cartoonishly big yeah yeah it's like a bugs bunny cartoon yeah um yeah it's perfect yeah so then yeah then we get to the everyone is is strapped to electric chairs i don't know why i'm having trouble saying electric chairs uh okay yeah but everyone's strapped up to an electric chair and she pulls out her presentation with slides uh and yes without quoting the entire thing all i ever wanted was a was a ballerina barbie in her pretty pink tutu and you know what they got me Matt Mallard. Like, that one that's your <laughs> you ta- I, I was I was excited for you to say it and then I was oh, like, yeah. Oh yes. Oh yeah. I'm like line. Line, yeah. <laughs> I knew Skipper? it. Skipper? I knew it. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, that's not who I was. Yeah. I was a ballerina. <laughs> Graceful. I just I love that line reading. And I don't know if there was an exclamation point or if she just made that like choice on her own, but like the way that she says it is perfect. And it has just such a great Joan Cusacky ring to it. I yeah. guess it's like delicate the way that her voice kind of growls when she says that. Oh, and I just well, I even, yeah. Oh, yeah. and I I love where she's like, "It's not what I wanted. That's not who I was." Like I just yes. I love that way of taking that line of like as if they know. Yeah, she really means it. Yeah, I do love when she's talking about the senator, and I think she says the words "set this." Yeah this oh yeah and then they shows like then i, I just mm-hmm. love it, it kind of reminds me one of my honestly top three favorite moments is when she's driving over to the adamses and she's like swerving through traffic and she's like 
Uh, she says, like, move, move, move. And there's this, uh, Colin, it's like such a deep cut. But if you know it, I'm so glad. If not, that's fine. You can go back and watch it. But she, like, she says, move out of the way. But she has this scrunched up face. And she's like, move out of the way. And then she kind of, oh, it's so funny. <laughs> I laugh every time. I, I don't know why she chose to do it that way. But she scrunches up her face. And she's like yelling out the window. Ugh, it's magic. Well, I it's have, one of my favorite moments in the movie. I have the clip open. I wonder if <laughs> oh, I... Please. Here we go. <laughs> it's not that one. <laughs> Move out of the way! <laughs> yes, that's what it is. The way that she says it is so funny. <laughs> yeah, she kind of like... Rat scrunching, move out of the way. Yeah, and oh. it's almost like her teeth stick out, like her her lips are oh, like yeah. pulled back. Like, Lady move teeth. Out of the way. Yeah. Oh wow. Well, that was that was worth finding. Um, listeners, I edited out a lot of searching for it, but I found it. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, the other part that I love about this about this monologue is I love. I mean, and this is it reminds me of some of the line deliveries of Morticia, where it's just kind of like thrown in there as like an additional little punctuation. But um, when she says, you know, uh, you know, so I killed, I maimed, I destroyed one innocent life after another. Aren't I a human being? Don't I yearn and ache and shop? Like, I love yes. the inclusion of shop. Uh, I, uh, and then, you know, one of the things that I kind of forgot about and reappreciated watching was when she does then get electrocuted. Those shots of Joan Cusack with whatever they've, whatever wig of sticky out hair they've put on her head, like those shots of her being electrocuted. I just kept thinking of the meta moment of Joan Cusack filming those scenes and like getting oh, into God, that makeup, right. you know? And I was like, ah, oh, now that's, you know. It's like, all right, Carol Kane, I give you extra points in the race for assistance to the BSA because you put all that makeup on, you know? That's true. She looks like, uh, it's a deep cut with Rugrats, but it looks like Angelica's doll, yes. Cynthia. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah, and then she dies. And that was uh, that was one of the things I was really surprised. First time I saw it was like, obviously the Adams Family is is pretty dark but i kind of assumed that debbie would just kind of get caught and arrested and put away and then at the end she'd you know break free or something like that but it, there was something sort of like oh oh they kill her okay yeah yeah they really do mm. she's a pile of dust except for her shoes and her credit cards mm. i feel yeah Those are the only two things to last which is great i just love that extra touch yeah, yeah. um it really is and like that the monologue is like shorter than i remember too I, I don't know how long it is like you know minutes and second wise too but i just i wish it went on longer i i just think it's like the the culmination it's like you know going back to clue it's tim curry like revealing everything yeah movie his is like i want it to be that long but it's never going to be that long i plus I, those are three different endings too but right but i totally agree i need that much debbie jelinski explaining her master plan i need her running around the house you know, reenacting things. Like, I need that yes. level of Joan Cusack. Yeah. But, like, it, it also is, is perfect. I, I, I love that we are kept wanting more mm -hmm. from, from Debbie. 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 Um, Does he ever say it like that? I, no, I honestly... No. I mean, I love when you and Johnny do it. I, I love it. <laughs> but I was listening for it, and I was like, I think it's kind of... It's just like... I think it took on a life of its own, but I like your version better. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I can picture it. I know. I was I was kind of watching the same way. I'm like, when does he actually go, Debbie? And Debbie. he never really does it. Uh, he It's more like. But I love that. It's more like, Debbie, Debbie. It's just that. Debbie. But, you know, oh, the, the game of telephone with quotes is that over time, it just like, you know, accumulates. Debbie. Yes, uh, exactly. Oh, it's so gratifying. Um, it really is. It's a great, great, great uh, role for her. And I like, honestly, I feel like it's like the equivalent of um, like Bette Midler and Hocus Pocus. Like I'm sure a lot yeah. of people, if it was me, I mean, yeah, I talk about working girl if I ever met her, but of course I would, I would have to talk about Debbie Jelinski. I would. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Right. Cause isn't that what like Bette Midler says people like ask her about the most is Hocus Pocus. Uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of that, I think they're doing like a, on October 30th, some sort of thing. I don't know what it is. They're, uh, I see Jessica Parker and Kathleen and Jimmy and her are, they're, they're filming some sort of reunion, which is awesome. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is the year for it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think it's great. Yeah. 
um, I like I feel like I know it's going to get political and I'm like fine with it because it's obviously right before the election. But like, yes, there is something so 2020 about the Sanders and sisters like telling you to go out and rock the vote, you know? Yeah, I know. I love that. <laughs> it's rock the vote. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's so good. Well, well, this was a fun little like, you know, lighter fare and, and easy BSA to queen out on. Yeah. Um, but really, I mean, a, a movie full of we could have easily done a BSAs of the Adams Family Values. Oh, yeah. And like a close second, even like Wednesday's like speech. Like when Sarah Miller, I love that the character's name is Sarah Miller. Yeah. She, um, that she just, that monologue is incredible. And then like, she just burns the whole place down. But that's, uh, uh. that's like her Debbie Jelinski moment for sure. Yeah. Like in some ways it's almost like which one is actually the bigger scene in the movie. Cause I think like everybody remembers the Debbie scene because of like, you know, Malibu Barbie, but like, yes, in some ways I think Wednesday's monologue about the native Americans is actually longer and a bigger part of the movie. But yeah, and more fun. Yeah, yeah. And just like, it, it's so hard to like sound believable as a child actor and like as a, you know, and saying these lines that are so obviously written by adults. And I just, that was my biggest takeaway was Christina Ricci is just. It's just perfectly written for her too. It's like, it hits every note that she can do really, really well. Yeah. As an actress and like comedic timing. And there are moments where like, the way that Wednesday speaks is like Morticia. The way that she's just so calm, cool, and collected mm-hmm. about even like her shadiest reads that she gives to Amanda Buckman. <laughs> oh yeah, it's great. yeah. No, I agree. I feel like she definitely All your life. Yeah, yeah, she definitely like reads people the same way Morticia does. Absolutely, sure. Yeah, it's like you don't even know you're being read. Right, that. That's right. The point of reading. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess the, the last thing I'll say about the Adams family values is you know they had me right up to the end. And then that song started during the closing credits, and I was like, oh, get yes. me out of this movie theater. <laughs> get me out of this. Take I the VHS out, yes. of the, out of the player. I'm done. Oh, God, I remember that. It's like this like tag team back again. Yeah. It's like this sort of... Ugh, ultimate like rap mega mix of the Adams fan. It's it's great in its own like it's so terrible that it's good though. Like yeah. I, I I forgot about it and I was like, oh, Colin's gonna love it. I hated it. It's whoop <laughs> whoop the Adams family. Yeah. It's, there it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm I'm whoop. happy to say that whoop, that song won the Razzie for worst song of the year that year. Oh great. So I I feel good about that. I feel gratified. That's good. Yeah. yeah. Vindication. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's what they get for trying to come that's up with a fun little song gets. at the end of a movie in 1993. <laughs> um, but but when that was playing, I was totally just transported to like when the lights start coming up in a movie theater and like collecting the rest of the popcorn and like, yeah, you know, like there was just, I was like, oh, putting my God. your coat on. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. I don't know why. I guess I'm just nostalgic for a different time. I wonder why. Um, why would anyone be nostalgic for a different time in October of 2020, you know? Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, well, I, I guess what that kind of brings us to, of course, is, uh, our last segment of the episode. Of course, every week we have our BSA of the week, uh, in which we queen out on an actor or a person or a food or a song or a thing or anything in our lives that is acting as the best supporting actress of our lives. Um, so what do you got? Uh, nominees, what do you have for us today? Yeah, I actually have three nominees. Oh my goodness. And then a BSA. I know, it just kept coming. So I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to say, and I'm sure you'll agree with this too, that we're going to put a pin in this maybe for like next week or, you know, just another time since we're getting late into the eve here. But um, I want, in a way, it's been such a point of contention, I think, for for myself and for the world. Um, The trailer for Hillbilly Elegy came out, Colin. Yeah. And it's it's very interesting. I remember when I saw the screenshot of just what Glenn Close was wearing, and I I screamed. I loved it. (laughs) I love what she's wearing. But it's 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 complicated. It's complicated, right? It's like, Uh I want this movie to be, I want it to be so great. And I want, I want them both to win Oscars, but I don't know what's going to happen. And I, I watched it again and again, and I'm like, oh, they just didn't pick like the right scenes. And like, even like the scenes that they're showing in this trailer, I'm not really like 
getting into that BSA sort of like, oh my God, yes, yes, this is what I, I want and what I need. It's, um, but I'm still crossing my fingers. I hope that it's fantastic. Yeah, I, you know, it was like, I think the problem, because you had sent the trailer to me and Amanda and then yeah. I was like, okay, I'm going to, I was working and I was going to watch this in a little bit. And then I went on Instagram for some reason and then I saw that, that, trailer that Dublin Zoetrope posted. Oh god, and, it's so great. And it was so funny. And I feel like after that I was like, well, I I feel like even if I tried to take this seriously, it's too late because I'm still I'm only going to see Glenn so Close much acting. Yeah, and Glenn Close as Estelle Getty, you know? Like <laughs> I mean, it was just like, yeah, I mean, that was you know, that easily that little trailer is a nominee for my BSA of the week. That was so funny. But then watching yes. the trail, the regular trailer, um, it, it's so hard to tell. I mean, it's kind of like we texted about this where it's like that trailer for the hours. That's just, yeah, that was a terrible trailer, awful yeah. and doesn't represent the movie at all. And it's like, maybe it's like that. I don't know. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, but more on that at another another time too, because we could keep going, and I mm. I want to get to my, my my the other BSAs that I have um is a podcast um it's called Smartless okay um Smartless it's with Jason Bateman Sean Hayes and Will Arnett oh all right. um they just like are all really good friends and they decided to make a podcast and I would say really the best episode is when they have Maya Rudolph on that's probably a specific. Lee, like my BSA of that podcast is having her on because she's so awesome. She's everything you want her to be. And I just love her a lot. And it's really good. They have some good guests. It's, it's fairly new. So um, sometimes they get a little bit like broy mm-hmm. if they have like because I listened to an episode with Adam Sandler and I felt bad for Sean Hayes. I was like, Ugh. yeah, a little... it's like such a boys club. Sort yeah. Of thing. And then it's like. But so it's an interesting dynamic, but I love when they have like the women on. So, um, mm-hmm. but Maya Rudolph is great. Uh, Smart list is what it's called. <clears throat> and my last uh, nominee is uh, I went to the chiropractor tonight and there is this young, I don't know what, what to call him. I guess like apprentice, like a chiropractor. He's like the, uh, uh, what's the word when someone is like retiring and you're training your, uh, uh your predecessor. Yeah. What is that? Your apprentice, your protege, protege, protege. Um, yeah, but he is very handsome Colin his name is Dr. Sean oh and I was like I saw him the other day but he didn't like work on me and then today my my chiropractor was out of the office and Dr. Sean was the only one in there and it was oh it was great wow like I don't know he's everything you could picture him to be he has like great hair and he's like tall and like kind of just like brooding and like but kind of trying to work on his bedside manner but doesn't know how to like talk to anyone it's uh but he's great so i look forward <laughs> to hanging out with him <laughs> yeah. dr sean yeah he, he struggles with social interactions and he's kind of you know a, a bit of a mr darcy type but oh boy can he can he crack a spine you know <laughs> <laughs> yes but he gets away with it because he's handsome yeah um does, does he wear great. scrubs no, he just wears like regular clothes too. So he's very smartly dressed uh, from like head to toe, just really, really stylish too. So oh. I was impressed. I was impressed with Dr. Sean. Um, wow. I know. I, I mean, it's, I just, uh, I need a picture. I, that's, you know, that's. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll find. I don't know yeah. his last name. I just know, I just know Dr. Sean. And I, I didn't even ask him what his name was because I got nervous. <laughs> um, I just like, I was like, I guess my neck hurts. Uh, and then yeah. I just laid on the table. Um, <laughs> So it was great. Um, and my BSA of the week, um, we lost someone very important to mm. to me and the sort of like the podcast family of, uh, you know, squirrel friends and squirrel marys. We lost a cat today, Mr. Polly Walnuts, um, who, of course, is Amanda, BSA, Best Supporting Actress, Amanda Kaczynski's cat. Yeah. Um, uh. Polly was the best cat. He was like... He was essentially like my cat when mm-hmm. I lived with um, Amanda for like two years. I loved him so much. He would just like come and <laughs> there's like all these like inside jokes and stories and stuff too. But um, he was such a cuddle bug and also like the biggest pain in the ass that, um, ever. 
And <clears throat> I spent many a morning at like 4.30 just like running around spraying oh. him with a water <laughs> bottle. And just, I hated him, but I loved I, I loved him as much as I hated him too. Yeah. Um, and he, he went far too soon. It's been a really rough week for him. And he had... Um, I, I know he had a tumor and uh, I can't remember what organ it was too, mm. but it was just kind of his time to go. And he um, spent his last couple of days with Amanda at the apartment and um, mm-hmm. it's devastating. So our condolences to you, Amanda, we love you and we love Polly and we hope you're doing okay. Obviously you're not doing okay at the moment, but yeah. um, it's hard. It's so hard losing a pet and Polly was great. And especially when it wasn't expected. Yeah. Um, oh, it's he such, will be missed. It's such a nightmare. It's, it, it's just yeah. one of the worst things ever. I, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's that awful thing you agree to when you have a pet is, like, I know, you know, Ugh. someday I'm going to have to have the worst day ever, you know, yeah. like it's yeah. just this awful agreement that you make because, you get so much good that it's like, you okay, do. that's, you that's the price you pay. And, uh, is that, you know, so at some point, you know, you may have to make a really hard decision. And, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, I've never met Paulie. I've, I've, I've been aware of Paulie since I've been aware of this girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. So he was great. Uh, yeah, no, I like, I, I saw the update today on Facebook and then I, uh, I, I was reading the comments and I was like, well, why am I crying? I don't even know this cat, but I was just like, I feel like through Amanda, I'm like, there's that thing about like, you know, when, when someone talks about their pets that you've been listening to for years, you're like, oh yeah, I know Polly, I know George, I know Latrice, you know? And, um, yeah, of course. And you get it's attached to them. The, yeah. The cast of characters. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, nothing makes this feel better other than just, you know, grieving it and then just, yeah. you know, uh, continuing you, on. Polly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lots of love to, to Mr. Walnuts. Yeah. <laughs> How um, about you, Colin? How about you? Well, I think my, my only nominee and my winner of the week. Uh, so I, someone, I can't disclose who, but someone at some point allegedly may have given me their or someone's Disney plus login so that I could watch <laughs> Hamilton a number of yes. months ago. And, I may still be occasionally, sometimes allegedly, possibly using that login so that I can watch The Simpsons. And oh, nice! Yeah, I so the Simpsons. I did notice that actually. I was like, "Who's watching The <laughs> Who's Simpsons?" Watching the Sim- well, you know, allegedly you noticed. I don't know if it's your login. I just no, it's, yeah, it's ours. It's ours. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we get like a year free for being with Verizon. And um, I, the other night, I'm sorry to interrupt your story. No, I'll, I'll be quick. I, I, I was just really in the mood to watch um, Satisfied. I just wanted to yeah. watch that number, so I logged into <laughs> Disney Plus just for that, <laughs> and then I went to bed. It was great. Anyway, go. <laughs> it's like that quote from The Office when Michael's listening to the music. He's like, "I just want to listen to a little bit, just a taste." Do you know that yeah, scene? Yeah, just a taste. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I don't know The Office as well as oh, I should. It's, it's one of my fatal flaws. I know. Oh, it's when he breaks up with. Uh, I think it's uh, the woman who who is played by his wife. Oh my god! In any event, uh, he's listening to like some song, that clip over the and clip over and over, and over like on oh, Amazon. Yeah, yeah like, James um, Blunt. Yeah, James Blunt. Yeah, yeah. you're beautiful. And, is that what it is? Yeah, and Dwight's like, you know, you could just buy the song. He's like, no, I just want, I just want a little bit, just a taste. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, the Simpsons. I mean, that is something I. I grew up with, there was a point in my life, like after my mom, my parents got divorced and there was like a time where like my mom was like, you know, working full time and, you know, the routine when she'd be like, she'd finish up at work and she'd like call me and my brother and be like, all right, what do you guys want for dinner? And like we had, and this was, this was maybe like one summer or like the better part of a year where it was like every night was like you know, pizza, Chinese, McDonald's, you know, no VHS tapes. But, you know, like, because my mom was just, like, way too tired to come home and, like, cook dinner. And we were, like, not oh, yeah. quite old enough to cook. And eventually she had, like, a couple staples. But but the reason I bring that up is because we just would have a routine of, like, my mom would go. She'd come home from – she'd on the way home from work, she'd pick us all up McDonald's. She'd come oh. home. We would all sit because the dining room and the living room were adjacent. And we'd all sit at the edge of the dining room table. And – the Simpsons would air at seven and seven thirty, six or six thirty or seven and seven thirty, but it was two episodes and we would watch the Simpsons and eat McDonald's and then like talk during the commercial breaks. And it was like, 
it was so like such a formative part of my 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 childhood. Yeah, was, that sounds perfect. Yeah, it was just having that, and it was like such a, a bonding thing that we all kind of looked forward to. Um, and so, like, The Simpsons has certainly gone downhill in in recent seasons, but like, sure. you know, the first dozen seasons or so, ah, oh, such gold. So that's been work has been super stressful lately. 2020s wearing on me election but bullshit's wearing on me yes, and like yes. early simpsons episodes are i mean that's some that's some comfort tv so yeah um oh, i'm so glad yeah so best supporting simpsons uh now yeah. how before we wrap things up before we get played off because i can feel the music coming uh <laughs> what's your relationship with the simpsons i feel like my my guess would be you weren't allowed to watch it growing up i don't know am i wrong yeah, I think that's how it started mm-hmm. um, with any sort of like, I mean, soon after that was like South Park, we couldn't watch it. And uh-huh. then eventually my dad started watching The Simpsons and I think we just kind of snuck into like the room. You, <laughs> yeah, we just never left. Yeah. yeah. and uh, But I, my brother was a bigger fan than I was. I liked it a lot, um, but I don't have like, I don't know any deep cuts. I don't know any references. It's all sort of gone uh, out of my mind but I, I remember the halloween episodes those mm-hmm. episodes were great the aliens mm-hmm. um how they're always drooling and like the, <laughs> the one the one episode i is like the one with like the uh where bart plays like the raven of like the telltale uh-huh heart. uh-huh um i remember that one really well but uh i don't really i had like action figures but that's pretty much it i never went back and like rewatched. so maybe it's uh Something that I do as well. Who knows? Well, the episode, I think that if I can recommend any, the, the one to watch is the one about Marge and the Chanel suit. Uh, I think I do remember that. I know you and Johnny have talked about mm-hmm. it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's season seven, episode 14, scenes from a class struggle in Springs- Springfield. It is iconic. It's so <laughs> like, I, I could go on and on, but I can feel the orchestra welling up and I'll just say, yes. oh, it is hands down like top five best Simpsons episodes. So good. And I just think women and gay men have see, have all on their own seen that episode in younger years and have now come to find each other and go, you, you feel it too, right? Like that was something, right? Oh, it's yeah. so good. Um, so I'll, I leave it at that. Um, Excellent. Play us off. It's fine. We're done. Uh, all right. It's over. We're, it's all over. It's all over. Uh, so anyway, now that we are, okay, officially being played off, uh, where can people find more of you? They can find me on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. One of the TikToks, the Halloween TikToks I was going to do was a Debbie Jelinski oh. um, monologue, possibly. Wow. But the whole thing is longer than a minute, so I have to. I might do like something else. Maybe I'll do something. It'll be fun. Anyway, uh, where can we find more of you, Colin? Uh, we can find more of me on All Right Mary, talking about Drag Race Holland right now, uh, which, you know, is fine. Uh, you can find me on In the Details, a celebration of nuance, talking about spooky nuances all this month. Uh, I just, I mean, we almost could have done an episode on the Stepford Wives and the character of Bobby. She's like classic BSA. Um, yeah. But highly recommended if you haven't seen it. I would assume scary it, it's not super scary there's no jump scares you should yeah, totally sure. see the stepford wives um and then of course you can find me on twitter at colin trucker and instagram at colin trucker underscore and you can get more of both of us in a best supporting capacity at bsa pod on twitter yeah, and you can also send us emails at the bsa pod at gmail.com with all your thoughts yeah uh well i don't know yet what our our last spooky new spooky nuance what podcast am i on what our last spooky bsa <laughs> is gonna where be am where am i <laughs> um i don't know what our last spooky bsa is gonna be this month uh but yeah next week is the week the yeah halloween week it should be fun yeah I think of something yes think so uh we're gonna be as surprised as the rest of you um but uh, a big thanks to Joan Cusack this week and Angelica yes. Houston and Carol Kane. Christina Ricci. Christine Baranski. Uh, yes. And, of course, Christopher Lloyd. Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, throw him on. The, and Raul Julia. And Raul Julia. Yeah. And not yes. Pugsley. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that, as they say, is that. 